Welcome to episode six. Of course, we are we are in season number one. Thank you for tuning in this week. Uh, again, it's been a little while uh, since we uh, connected here. I uh, again another packed show. I guess when you only do episodes once a week, uh, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, so once again, here uh, for the uh, Positive Friday, December first episode, it is absolutely jam packed. Now, before we get into the nuts and bolts of this episode, I just want to get a couple of key messages off to you uh, at the start here. I don't want to bury them too far. This is new. I'm going to try to do this every week. Like I said, I am workshopping different segment uh, names, different themes. Uh, but if I have something important or um, maybe newsworthy, I guess, I, I feel like I should get it out uh, nice and early. So... Before we even get into uh, the nuts and bolts of the episode, two things. Number one. Okay, we'll start with you, Rhea. Uh, so episode four, I think uh, we had permission from Josh Linville to review his uh, his November commentary. And uh, the message in episode four was to not get excited about buying Urea. Now, that was actually a message from your retailers as well across the Prairie Provinces. Uh, which is uh, neat to see because that patience uh, has uh, saved you uh, approximately $100 a ton, maybe $120 a ton, depending on uh, where you're located. And what I'm referencing is the price of urea. I've got a low coming in now uh, on the Alberta-Saskatchewan border, $6.95 a ton. Uh, that is for movement uh, towards that January, February time frame. Uh, that number was like 800, 820 a couple of weeks back in uh, in episode four. We have uh, for movement here in, let's call it December even, uh, we have numbers that were 780. Now that's right at that 700 level, just below. Uh, so pretty good savings uh, over the last couple of weeks. So hopefully you were able to hold off and take advantage of some of these lower pricing. Now, uh, as of recording, I don't have Josh's latest update when it comes to the urea market. I'm not sure if it's still, you know, practice patience uh, or to buy. Um, let's just do some quick math here. Uh, I'm just thinking that uh, if we go 695 and uh you had an 820 offer it's a 15 percent savings i guess you gotta take a harder look at a harder look at it now right so um i will try to update uh, followers through uh the website uh, newsletter um and uh see if i can get you guys some guidance on that uh, i've got a few uh, messages out to some contacts that typically help me with uh, fertilizer purchase decisions and uh, when i hear back from them i will pass it along but in the meantime you know your retailers doing you a solid here uh, saving you 15 percent over the uh, last couple of weeks so uh, let's give them a slow clap on the podcast uh okay uh second key message is these uh these darn wheat basis contracts it, it's uh it's it's like Mike Tyson said, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face or punched in the nose. Uh, I can't remember the exact quote uh, from Mike Tyson, but uh, what I'm referencing is spring wheat uh, market dipping below our support line. We were holding 
uh, consistently, you know, the March contract, call it like $7.25. Well, we fell through that all the way to $7 this week. Now, as of recording, it's trading at $7.29. So we're closing right at um, uh, kind of a, a minor resistance level here. So fingers crossed that we can actually uh, break through this and... Um, and get back to this upper trading range. I'm a little bit nervous now that uh, uh, that we are going to trend lower here. I don't see a whole bunch of positive in the wheat market except for some fantastic Chinese demand uh, for U.S. wheat. Um, now, again, I, I feel this is important to get out there. Uh, I was uh, had lots of conversations with with farmers and and some grain buyers over the last couple of days, and. The one thing you can do is you can phone your grain buyer and you can just ask, and they won't all tell you the answer, but you can ask them like how many tons uh, are at a set price. And, uh, you know, one location in Alberta said that they had uh, over 10,000 tons of uh, spring wheat targets at $10 a bushel. Now, it doesn't mean that it's not going to trigger. It's a train you know, not quite a train worth of, of wheat. Like it's not huge at the end of the day. But let's imagine in that area, there's five, six different grain companies. If they all have those targets in at $10 as well, which I would say is quite likely. And then all of a sudden you take that number and you spread that across Central Alberta or Saskatchewan. I don't know how many thousands of tons it could be at ten dollars a bushel, and that number will be different in each region. It might be nine fifty in one spot, or you know, nine bucks in another, whatever it is. But um, just be a little cautious here with your targets because uh, if, if they hit that ten dollar target at that location, they are buying a whole bunch of wheat. And uh, to me, I just noticed with futures uh, rallying here a little bit the last uh, day or two. Uh, basis levels got a little bit worse so they're they're certainly not going to make it easy on you out there so again if you want to keep your target at that level that's fine but i'm just not optimistic that you're going to have success unless there's a major uh event that comes across the wires here and and changes the direction of the wheat market uh, if you have a wheat basis out there again if it's for winter delivery here stay on it uh if you can catch a 25 cent pop here uh worthwhile pricing that in my opinion if it's for spring uh you got time on your side all right those are my messages uh, that i wanted to get out here at the start of the podcast now let's get to the nuts and bolts i want to thank our sponsors uh pioneer seeds we actually have a question that came in in regards to oats uh, so Pioneer Seeds, that's Tower Farms, Jacob and Becky Boychuk. Uh, they are giving us canola seed, uh, P516L, to give away every month. And uh, we've got a new entry now today. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can always text us, 1-855-606-1889. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and of course, you can always head to the website. Now, You'll notice that I've been, um, I'm obviously learning uh, processes every week, but uh, we didn't have the video go out last week to Apple Podcasts. And that is because the file was too large and I did not have the intelligence level uh, to figure out how to get it onto uh, the video onto Apple Podcasts. So the videos now are going to certainly live on our YouTube channel. 
I believe we have one subscriber to our YouTube channel. So thank you, Trent, uh, for that, uh, that follow. I appreciate it, man. Um, but, uh, if you want to see the video, if you want to see my smiling face, or if you want to see the studio, uh, not super exciting yet, but I do have new lights. I've got a new camera. Uh, I've got probably, it sounds like some sponsorship announcements here in the very near future. And so if you want to see the studio, that's where you'll be able to see it is on that YouTube channel. Uh, of course, I'm going to dress it up nice and Christmassy uh, this weekend as well. And um, we'll see. Maybe I can do some fun stuff with the studio. So you check out the YouTube channel. Um, so, yeah, that's where you can kind of find us. I will try to put them on Apple as well. Just um, give me a couple of weeks to get it sorted out. So hopefully we got video on Apple and YouTube. And then, of course, uh, your podcasts uh well your audios will be on all your podcast channels now still struggling with google working on it uh all right positive moments of the week it is positive friday uh so a cool one for us is we did reach over a thousand listeners already uh this month where podcast is like three and a half weeks old and uh so to, to reach uh, two thousand ears um i'm assuming on that one uh is uh is pretty cool i have no idea what uh i had no idea what to expect i, I still don't know what to expect uh, when it comes to who's tuning in uh but i thought a thousand was a cool number so uh, that's my positive moment there um the other positive moment for me is uh it, it's been a little bit stressful on many farms uh, over the last couple of weeks here in regards to selling uh selling crops selling grain and, and generating cash flow um so I've been uh, uh, had lots of people reach out, uh, or you know, quite a few people reach out uh, just to to talk over their scenarios. Um, the stress level was high because uh, large cash flow uh, was needed, so large decisions had to be made, and there's always that fear of making the wrong decision. And so my positive moment is to to see uh, farmers go through that process of uh of creating a plan executing that plan with confidence and uh, and making that business decision and the relief that uh and the weight that was lifted off them after that exercise uh extremely positive uh, again if you need to generate cash flow obviously you need to sell grain but there are ways uh to to participate in markets uh I know, um, you know, many analysts across the prairies, their favorite thing right now is to recommend a sale and then replace it uh, with the strategy to, to uh, capture upside, potential future upside. Uh, that's in just about every recommendation that goes out now if, if there's a futures market that's traded there. And uh, it makes a lot of sense. We've had a lot of volatility. Um, we, we are in a downtrend right now, in, in my opinion. Um, but, uh, you never know what could happen with everything going on around the world. Even, uh, reports last night that, you know, the Venezuelan army was, was, uh, uh, gathering along the border and uh, potentially another conflict here, war brewing, uh, lots of stuff going on out there around the world. So of course it makes sense to, to, um, figure out how to. Uh, stay in some of these markets so it, it's that secret sauce um if you want to maybe call it that um so great to see confidence in that business decision getting money in the bank and relieving that uh stress uh all right so uh focusing on the farm these days uh moving along here again you all are doing your own thing and it's fantastic uh, but for for us 
uh, our family farm, it's all about the numbers right now. Again, just focusing on some office time. I just want to encourage you. Uh, I know uh, many of you are extremely skilled in, in, you know, mechanics and fixing things. And that's very important and has to get done. It's a lot to do everywhere on the farm. But don't forget to take a little bit of office time for yourself. It might be uh, it might be doing some reading or, or some uh, studying of some sort. It might be updating others, um, updating budgets, whatever it is. Take a little bit of office time for yourself because you are running a multi-million dollar business, and uh, it it will pay dividends uh, for your business. All right, I know it's all important; it all has to get done, but don't forget that little bit of office time. Other thing that we got going on is, of course, like everybody else, we've been invited to. Uh, some of these uh, big sale events going on in December from your local retailers. So we're just uh, getting organized on what we've already committed to, what we've bought and what's left to book. And then uh, number three for Focus on the Farm is uh, very much setting our targets uh, to execute the next round of our 2024 fall sales. And I know a lot of you aren't in that headspace yet, uh, but uh, don't uh, don't lose your... Um, don't lose your eye on the prize. Um, there's margin there to grab next year. Keep that uh, a focus. I know it's going to be a dry winter and, and we don't know what we'll get for conditions next year, um, but you can bulletproof yourself um, as well. So uh, lots going on on the farm right now. Lots of business stuff uh, to get covered off. Alrighty, uh, let's keep moving along here. We have a question uh, that came across uh, from Brad. Uh, so Brad is, uh, well, he farms in, uh, I call it that East, uh, central Alberta, just outside of, of Edmonton. Um, Brad is also involved with the, uh, Prairie Oak Growers Association. I believe he is president. And uh, so I, I will be addressing the president here shortly. Uh, but let's see what Brad uh, has to say and, uh, see if I can get him, a, a an answer. So, uh, let's take it away, Brad. Good morning, Ryan. It's Brad Betker here with Prairie Oak Growers Association. We're about to have our AGM next week in Winnipeg. And on that note, thought maybe I'd just ask you what your thoughts are on the oat price right now. What is being shown for oat prices for 2024, especially given your last episode where you've picked oats to be your number one crop that you would put in the ground. Thanks so much. So you didn't want to give me an easy one. I can see, Brad, you, you definitely uh, uh, are making me work for this one. So, all right. So prices for oats. I, I am friendly towards oats for the 24 cropping plan. Um, and I'll tell you a few reasons in just a second. But if we want to talk about prices uh, and what's recently traded. So we have, uh, let's start with the Peace region. Let's go up north. Uh, 450 for fall of 2024. That's picked up on farm. Uh, that is in line with feed barley values already. Uh, Central Alberta, uh, five to twenty-five to five twenty-five delivered for fall of twenty-four oats. Uh, again, uh, in line or slightly better than feed barley values. Uh, East Central Saskatchewan, uh, we were getting some quotes at five, and if you want to push that into twenty twenty-five into the winter. Uh, 550 a bushel for oats over there. Southern Manitoba, nothing's coming across the screen quite yet. I'm sure it's out there, um, but I, I couldn't um, find anything this morning. 
when uh, when I was checking around. Uh, I do expect that you'll see stronger offers for uh, gluten-free oats or some of those specialty contracts out there. Um, but here is why I'm friendly to oats. I know that you didn't really ask this part, Brad, but um, here's some of the things I'm, I'm watching. Uh, very tight carryover expected uh, from the 23 crop into uh, the 24 crop. Very tight into next summer, okay? Um, so that's going to uh, mean that buyers are, are going to get some get more aggressive on securing acres. Uh, traditional oat growers have stepped back from planting oats, especially in 2023. I don't know if these bids get them back in the mix. Uh, in chatting with some growers, it's been kind of like a 50-50 right now. Uh, I believe that for oats, you'll have second and third chances to price your oats before a significant collapse. Uh, so if we want to look at um, maybe like a seeded acreage report next spring uh, that could influence prices lower, I, I believe you'll have many chances to price your oats uh, before it collapses. And you're not going to have that same comfort level with wheat or barley. And uh, I believe that some of these oak contracts will have an act of God as well. Uh, or in, if you want, uh, you can certainly make your own uh, act of God uh, in your contracts. You can go and look at uh, oat futures and go and see what you can trade for some options there. Options have been trading in oats uh, over the last couple of years. So you can certainly make your own uh, security blanket uh, against a, a contract buyout. Uh, and, and of course, you can also... If conditions are right, it's a crop that you can supercharge your yield. Uh, again, you need the right conditions to present themselves. Uh, but to move an oat crop from 100 bushels to 125 bushels uh, per acre or or even greater in, in many circumstances, it gives you a chance uh, to go after that yield in the right conditions. Now, I know wheat will do it as well and some of the other cereals, um, but oats, you can really see that percentage uh, grow significantly uh, if the right conditions present themselves. So I, I like that opportunity. Now I, I'm just I'm also not friendly towards the barley markets, generally speaking. And wheat at the moment I think is in a continued downward trend. I don't know for how long yet, uh, but I could see average price of wheat on a farm uh, across uh, you know call it Saskatchewan at eight dollars a bushel when you're all said and done marketing your 2024 crop. I could see that being a real number, where uh, whereas oats is probably five or north of five dollars a bushel. All right, so you guys can do the math and see if it makes sense for you. But heck, barley prices, feed barley and oats are the exact same price in some scenarios. Alrighty, hopefully that answers your question, Brad. Thanks for tuning in uh, and uh, getting that one to us. And of course, thank you to Pioneer Seeds. Um, Brad farms uh, just outside of Edmonton and now has his name entered to win, potentially win a bag of P516L uh, canola seed. Uh, we're going to draw for that right before Christmas, that first bag, and then we're off to the races every month after that. Uh, all right, uh, let's go to grain prices and other stuff. I have a, a notable here in my in my notebook. Uh, 2024, fall of 2024, maple peas. Uh, we had, uh, I'd call it a lowball offer a, a few weeks ago of $13 a bushel. Now we have a real number of $18.50 a bushel picked up on farm. Again, maple pea seed, hard to find, but uh, that one's uh, raising some eyebrows. 
for some reason i had penciled in 18 uh, a while back and um looks like i was a, a little bit shy to start so uh, 1850 for those maple pea growers um other than that for notables uh i just want to highlight lentils are hanging in large greens uh 72 cents picked up on farm small greens i'm seeing a 65 on that and uh red lentils holding as well uh, there was a high of 40 cents in Estevan, Saskatchewan. Um, so lentils definitely holding on, which is rare right now because, um, you know, generally speaking, uh, just about every other crop has given up some ground and slid back here uh, just a little bit as well. So not um, nothing really exciting that, that stands out um, to report. And of course, your crush plants uh, filling up export demand for canola has been weak and so you've got uh, crushers now putting a sold out sign for you know january february haven't seen a march yet but uh i should take a peek into yorkton and see what's going on there all right folks uh we uh are gonna move over now to uh two guests that have uh, joined uh this week's episode we've got ryan Coppithorn uh with cows and control so for our cattle farmers out there uh, we got some uh, some updates on the on the cattle market, and uh, I also have a feed update from Marketplace Commodities. So uh, let's go over to those two guests next here, and uh, we'll wrap up the episode uh, after we get done with David from Marketplace Commodities. All right, folks, I've got Ryan Coppithorn joining me on this week's episode of What the Futures. Uh, Ryan is. Uh, uh, has a, a great little business going, Cows in Control. Uh, he's going to talk about it here in, in just a minute. Um, but anybody that has known me or worked with me in the past knows that I uh, I have no clue uh, when it comes to marketing cattle uh, or any animal, uh, we'll say, but cattle for sure. I am a clueless individual in that area. And I promised I would find some experts uh, to, uh, to answer questions. And here we are. We've got the cattle guy with us, Cows in Control, Ryan Coppithorn. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. Awesome. I have been just telling everybody, you know, every week that uh, winter has not arrived at my house yet. I'm just outside of Edmonton. And uh, of course, it tried to snow, but it's, it's long gone. And here we are, December, um, and uh, it, it's like plus six outside. Uh, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Where are you living? What's going on with winter? Uh, let's start with that. Well, I'm just west of Calgary here, and it's it's a warm brown winter. It just reminds me when I was a kid in the 80s, it just feels like the, one of those kind of winters where it stays brown all winter. We're, yep. we're, uh, we're definitely dry here. We could sure use some moisture by the spring, but, but I guess we won't complain about the warm temperatures for now. We'll try not to, that's for sure. <laughs> um, cows in control. Tell us a little bit about your business and, and you know, what you're getting up to each and every day. What are you working on? Yeah, well, cows in control is a business I started a few years ago and it's my background is I'm a fourth generation rancher and, and I ran the family business for years and, and was really did most of cattle like cow production and backgrounding and feeding for a good part of my career. And, and, uh, the last few years I, I got into this, I started this business called cows and control where I realized there was a shortage of, um, people in the industry servicing cow, calf and smaller feedlots. 
in terms of managing risk and and managing um, markets and knowing uh, how to protect prices and things like that. There's lots of guys on the grain side, and there's there's a lot of bigger feedlots would be doing that risk management, but you really don't see it in the cow calf space or the backgrounding space. So I I built a little company called Cows and Control where I where I work with producers and help them manage those things. Yeah, awesome. Um, are you? Uh, where's your client base? Are they across the prairies? Uh, who's your kind of the average uh, farmer you're working with? What are they? Uh, what are they up to? Yeah, I, I got clients pretty much spread out all over. Really, I, I've got yeah. them in Alberta and Saskatchewan, Manitoba, BC. Uh, even even a client in in the states. But uh, I, I would say that to, there's no real typecast as long as you're kind of a producer. Uh, whether it's a cow calf producer or a small backgrounder or feedlot, um, I can accommodate that because what mm -hmm. I'm doing is just give is um, writing newsletters every week on what the markets are doing and helping people make decisions on which cattle to own and strategies for those cattle and how to lock prices in and that type of thing. Okay. Um, <clears throat> how about on the on the feed side as well? Are you looking at feed markets and given any advice around that or how's that look? a little bit i i look at anything that affects the price of cattle and so that could be you know it could be the the futures market on on cattle whether feeders or live cattle or it could be um corn futures which affect our our grain prices or yep. it might be canadian dollar or it might be anything on the input side like natural gas fuels that type of thing that that could affect our costs so i'm always trying to find ways to to uh, protect our prices, but also to manage our costs and our input costs and such. Awesome. Okay, great. Well, let's dive into some of these factors then. Um, uh, cattle futures have been quite volatile over the last number of days here. What are you, uh, what are you picking up on, on, on the future side? Well, yeah, I, I mean, definitely the, the futures have dropped 40, 50 cents since September. Um, our, our cash prices in Canada haven't dropped nearly as much because we were sort of trailing the futures market all year anyways. So really what happened is the futures market came down and sort of um, connected with us where our cash prices are. But uh, it's definitely, it's been a seasonal decline. Like this is a very typical time of year for prices to drop off into what they call the fall run uh, when most people are marketing their calves in the fall. But definitely the last few days has been very volatile. We had, I, you know, it was kind of a Black Friday sell-off where, where the futures market dropped off seven cents on Friday and then it dropped off another seven cents on Monday and looked pretty dire there. And then, of course, yesterday that market rebounded eight cents and today it was kind of undecided, a little bit up today. But um, yeah. definitely there's some turmoil in the market. There's rumors about what's, what's causing all that, but I, I think it's overall the decline in futures has been very seasonal. Okay. So nothing out, nothing really stands out, uh, except for that seasonal pattern right now. Well, I think, yeah, I think there was some volatility in the last few days. I mean, there's, there's speculation that's about some of the insurance programs that, uh, you know, they have a livestock risk protection program in the in the US which is similar mm -hmm. to our livestock price insurance here in Canada and I think there was some speculation that there was some troubles in in that system because whenever they offer insurance they have to take a futures position to protect their insurance and 
I think there might have been some troubles in the underwriting there, but but okay. uh, right now it's all rumors and speculation. So I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to yep. start spreading gossip, if you would. Um, are you, you know, from a hunch perspective or from your research, are you kind of optimistic in the short term uh, on the future side recovering, or do you feel this is a kind of a neutral sideways trend we're entering, or or is there potential to leak lower? I guess what where's your head at for for that? I really believe we're in a in a long term bull market, and I you know the supply side of this business is is extreme. We're seeing no holdback whatsoever of heifers, and um, we're still seeing the cow slaughter high. So until we see that hold back and until we see ranchers start building inventory, I don't think this is going to end anytime soon. People mm -hmm. are worried that it's going to be like 2015, 16, where the, where we had a bull market and then it just disappeared one year. And, and uh, I don't think that's the case this year. That being said, I think there could be some chop and slop here for the next, I would say reaching out probably to March, we could see some sideways, pricing and, and a lot of up and down and chops and volatility because there are a lot of cattle on feed, um, a lot of it because of the drought and there were some imports in the U.S. that mm -hmm. were driving uh, placements up. And we've also got, you know, we've got a lot of dairy cattle in the system and such. So there is there is a, a potential for some sideways action here, but I think longer term it's bullish. Okay. That's a... That's a good thing. It's a good word. So awesome. Um, okay, well, switching gears now to how cattle are selling here. Um, calves or, or bred cattle. I don't know if I'm saying that all correctly. I, I know my my buddy um, that has cattle not far down the road from where I live. He was quite disappointed um, a couple of weeks ago because his calves went out a week after a, a substantial decline in in the market um do you want to touch a little bit on on what we're seeing at the sales here yeah our, our cash prices definitely haven't fallen as far as the futures as i mentioned earlier but mm -hmm. uh the calf prices are i would say are holding kind of steady now okay. they've had their decline they were you know a five weight calf was well over four bucks in september and now they're down in the 380s on average um, so they have come back a bit, but I would say they're, they're holding in fairly well. And, uh, when you look at, uh, we've got some bread cattle selling now and they're, this is the season for bread cattle to sell right now in November okay. and December. And they've kind of been all over the map. Like it's, you're seeing cows as cheap as 1500 and as expensive as 4,000. And I would say like the average on those cows is probably right around $2,500. And uh, bread heifers are the same. They're anywhere from fifteen hundred to five thousand dollars, and they're averaging somewhere around thirty-four or something like that. They uh, so overall, I would say the averages are good, but there's a lot okay. of range in them, and it kind of depends. You have to be very careful with your marketing. Make sure you you don't just uh, you know hear the coffee shop rumors of four thousand dollar cattle and expect that's what you're going to get because the the range is wide. Any any reason specifically for that wide range or is that fairly standard um yeah anything stand out on the range i think it's a thin market i think it's i think there's a thin amount yeah. of buyers right now and 
And so if, if there's a demand for a certain amount of cattle, they'll pay up for them. If, if it's the right cattle, they, they really want them. They'll pay four or five thousand dollars for for a bred heifer. But if the if you're running through the auction mart and the, and the buyers aren't there or don't have an appetite for them, those cattle can go less than than slaughter price. So okay. uh, you have to be really careful. Make sure you have a market before you bring these cattle to town. Perfect. All right. That's great. Um, okay. We were chatting a little bit earlier about cost of, of hedging or insurance cost, price insurance uh, costs out there. Uh, anything you wanted to mention specifically in regards to, to hedging your cattle uh, right now? Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, most people still aren't using these price risk tools, whether it's insurance or futures or options or those type of things. Um, but even if you if you are going to use them, those costs have gone up. As these cattle prices have risen and as volatility has increased, the price to hedge cattle is expensive now. Mm -hmm. But it's it seems expensive compared to historic perspectives, but compared to the price of the animal, it's still the same or cheaper. So where you used to pay like $40 a head to hedge an animal, now you're paying $80 a head. But your animal's gone from being eighteen hundred to three thousand, so right. it, it's just the new reality we're in. We're going to have to get used to the fact that hedging is expensive now, but the swings in these markets are huge. So eighty dollars a head for a market that could move five hundred dollars a head—it's uh, still reasonable. So, yeah, for sure. Okay, um, this is all fantastic stuff. I I'm going to throw a bit of a wild card at you as well. And I hope to get these folks on the program here in the future. But I saw something about a an inventory building loan or something like that from I think it was ATB. Um, have you seen anything, any incentive out there uh, to help uh, help farmers grow those those herds in these times? Yeah, the the ATB loan is is trying to get. Um, trying to keep the, the business intact by giving uh, basically uh, it's only interest only loans on on bread cattle for the first okay. number of years. And it's really just to keep the the cost down for people that want to expand their their cattle herds right now. So they're they're looking at the industry and trying to make sure that people are are building this herd, because if we don't build this herd, it's going to continue to shrink and we're, we're going to start to lose infrastructure. So they're yeah. definitely taking an aggressive stance, which is good. And and uh, I, I think we need to see um, other initiatives as well to, to make sure that we keep this herd up because our herd is still shrinking. So it's yeah. a concern. Yeah, for sure. Okay, great stuff. Um, I know you're a busy guy. I've got two final ones for you. Uh, these are easy ones. Uh, number one, uh, where can people get in touch with you? Well, I have a website, cowsincontrol.com. And on that website, you can sign up. I have a free newsletter, so anybody can sign up for it. I, I put it out monthly, and it's just sort of general commentary on markets and cattle industry and such. And uh, through that website, you can get connected to us if you're interested in becoming a client. And a client is a little more in-depth. Um, mm -hmm. But that, that's probably the primary way to get a hold of me. Otherwise, you can get through, get a hold of me through social media. Awesome. 
Perfect. And you've got some speaking engagements coming up. Anything you want to highlight on the uh, on the tour that you're doing? Yeah, I just finished a couple, um, but I'm I'm doing one tomorrow in Wetaskiwin for the the economic development up there. It's, so there's a group of producers up there, yeah. and then. Uh, but I finished a few this this year as well. So I'm getting a few more speaker um, opportunities where I can kind of tell about what I do and in, in the business and talk about markets in general. So, yeah, we'll look out, see what I get in the new year. So awesome. Well, that's great. I really appreciate you jumping on the show. I look forward to having you uh, come on, uh, you know, every month or so or, or whenever there's something that certainly needs to be talked about. Uh, we can certainly get together sooner than that. Um, but, uh, yeah, really appreciate your insight. Uh, everyone knows how to get a hold of you now and, uh, we'll certainly point them in your direction when they want to chat cattle markets. Um, thanks again, Ryan. Really appreciate it. Yeah. really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. All right. Take care. All right. We just heard from Ryan Coppithorne in regards to the cattle markets. Uh, I'm pleased now. Uh, to continue our conversation in a slightly different way. We're going to switch over to uh, feed grains now on the feed side of the markets. I, uh, I've i worked with David Lee uh, for over a decade now. Um, we've done uh, many, many transactions uh, in, in the past. And uh, David, I'm excited to have you join uh, the What the Futures podcast this week. I, I, I'm not going to say that what we're going to talk about is going to be necessarily necessarily uplifting and, and positive and exciting, um, but it's exciting to have you here uh, joining me on, on this week's episode. So welcome to the podcast. How are things going in Lethbridge? Oh, thank you very much, Ryan. It's uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to join you in this in this podcast. It's it's something that's new for me, but uh, like you said, uh, I'm, I'm glad it's you that's inaugurating me into the, into the <laughs> world of podcasts since we've, uh, we have worked together for, for so many years. And uh, it's it's really wonderful to be able to work with you on this here. So I hope, hope well, I can bring some decent information for you. Well, 100% you can because um, what I find, uh, marketplace commodities and yourself specifically, uh, you, you guys, you talk to a lot of people. Um, you're on both sides of the of the of the trade or the market. Um, you're covering a lot of ground, and I know that uh, uh, even weather it could be weather related or rain or no rain. We we have had a lot of different conversations over the years, but uh, you guys are just a wealth of information, and so that's why you're on the show this week because I want to find out what is going on with feed barley right now. What what's the story? Well, yeah, like um, it, it's quite an interesting market. I mean, boy, since since June, it's 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 been a little bit dreary, I suppose you'd say. We've probably lost, you know, over a hundred dollars a ton since 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 maybe June. Um, mm -hmm. So it's it's been riding a little bit of a downtrend, that's for sure. Um, you know, I interestingly enough, just I guess some general market info is. Uh, yeah, we're seeing very limited producer and seller engagement right now across the mm -hmm. prairies. Um, however, you know, sometimes we've got to think outside of our current area. Like um, I have seen engagement 
surprisingly from the the u.s seller uh like i bought barley this week all the way down into montana all the way down to actually bozeman montana uh and and a lot of inquiries as well uh the montana Mm -hmm. growers which we attended this this past week here in fact we've got two guys that are in attendance right now um i've had probably probably at least 15 to 20 inquiries on corn out of different areas and barley uh so the u.s the u.s grower has a little different mindset than the canadian farmer and i'm seeing probably more engagement from them this week than than the canadian farmer okay Uh, quite a few inquiries on what price is doing here in canada but not a lot of action uh the producers down there with their rejected malt or something like that quite i guess i'd say quite an aggressive seller actually so yeah 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 i i i could see that um you know corn yields it sounds like maybe performed better for a lot of farms as well than than expected and um I'm thinking the uh, the low river system probably plays into it as well. Moving product out of, out of the U.S. can be a challenge in certain areas. So are you seeing a fair amount of corn trade yet into southern Alberta? Is that still a, a theme uh, that continues on? Yeah, very, very much so, uh, Ryan. Um, and and you, I think you hit the nail on the head there too with the Mississippi so low right now. We're, we're definitely seeing and – the, and the general export market uh, – under a lot of pressure globally, I mean, you got to remember that the U.S. produces so much corn that they can, you know, the way that they look at us up here is, oh, hey, why don't we just fill that market up and then we'll move on with with whatever else we need to do. Like it's, yep. we're really just a drop in the bucket for them. And uh, it, it's actually become a problem. Like, and maybe I'll just diverge for just a second here, like at marketplace commodities, corn is a real risk to us. We, we do not import unit car trains of corn ourselves. And so corn is, you know, we're barley traders for the most part. We like this, this corn is not something that helps us. Um, But, you know, I'll see, for example, elevators that have retrofitted their, their corn ability to where they now bring in 150 unit car trains and they will have that unloaded and reloaded with wheat to go to the coast in about eight hours, an eight wow. hour turnaround. And so you're talking well over 10,000 ton. And the U.S. seller again on corn is very aggressive. They will book, they you know, back in August and September, when the barley market started to kind of turn, they were booking guys from November all the way out to July. And so when November yep. 6th hit and those first corn trains started to roll in, the effect on our market was felt almost immediately. It, it was like night and day when those first trains started to roll in. We really felt it. And, yep. and we have felt it ever since. So... On that note, I was chatting with a grower the other day, farms just outside of Provost, Alberta, and he was looking to sell some spring wheat. And 
for some reason in that moment, Provost, uh, Richardson Pioneer, downtown Provost, was the highest price that I could find across the prairies. Like just looking around, um, doing some research for the show here. And and I was like, why is that's not normal? Like that usually there's a, a bit of a discount in that area. Cause if you if you farm in that area, you'll you'll know that the next elevator is a, a fair hike. Uh you gotta load it up and and go for a tour. So it that location traditionally is not the highest price. Um, but we found out that they had done their third unit train of corn and they were backfilling it with wheat and oh. uh you know couldn't uh <clears throat> couldn't had to pay up to fill those cars by dumping corn and loading wheat and worked for that guy that day he got a, a pretty good price in in provost alberta so there you so that's, go yeah there you go um well, that's, a, that's definitely a positive side of it <laughs> <laughs> there's a tiny little silver lining there yeah that yeah. it definitely is a silver lining you've, you've got a good way of, of of finding those silver linings ryan um i wanted to chat weather as well like okay. weather for getting stuff done on the farm is is good but what's what's this good weather doing to our feed demand um, well you know november december it really does help the 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 demand for feed grain when you have some disruption in deliveries uh you know it can it can just start almost like a cascading effect where you know if a delivery doesn't show up for one guy then you know or you have a weather event it it just inevitably makes it uh, it starts a trend that almost kind of feeds on itself a bit so you can get mm -hmm. a, a bit of a rally but you know our two-week forecast right now like like next tuesday uh you know so almost like a, a week from today you know we've got a 10 degrees celsius in the in the forecast yeah and so it's it's also playing against us in that in that deliveries are on time so if you think about this right. in our area a, a trucker which if he has to go up to say central alberta or or northern alberta or into saskatchewan he can maybe knock off one maybe possibly two loads of barley in a day but these guys going to the elevator they get loaded corn so fast and then back to the feedlot they can sometimes do three or four loads in one day and so mm -hmm. with the weather also being this this good i mean guys are at the top of their bins they're they're at their top of their, their storage that they've rented in some cases and so it's just it just makes it uh you know the only way a buyer will pay more for grain is if they can't find it then they'll then they'll bid it up and so we're just yep. not just not seeing that pressure yet yep now, i'm not saying that won't change because it can certainly change this is canada yeah <laughs> you know? oh yeah it's canada so so it can certainly change and it can change fast but it just it just hasn't changed yet okay so all right I uh, I know you guys deal with a lot of different commodities as well. I know you you focus on on the barley, but is there anything in your portfolio of what you guys buy? Is there anything that maybe shines a little bit more right now, or anything that stands out that's in high yeah. demand? Well, to be honest, uh, I personally think, and uh, I really think that there that right now wheat feed wheat is uh, is probably one of the 
better commodities myself i you know if it was me personally i'd probably look at unloading some feed wheat into this market mm -hmm. uh, like for example in central alberta you know central eastern alberta you know i've been able to pay up to around 850 a bushel picked up on soft white wheat which yep. um which from what i'm hearing on hard red spring is actually quite a decent spread so mm -hmm. i think that's that's kind of a silver lining that i would look at um any of the wheats or or even you know i you know the canola has been pretty good I've, I've found that most guys if they're not selling barley right now they're they're looking to sell canola or wheat uh and and just kind of see what barley does in the new year so i think mm -hmm. those are probably what i would suggest or maybe the 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 standout uh you know feed i mean mill, milling wheat is somewhat you know is not really a feed commodity so yeah but, but those those commodities seem to 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 maybe suck up some of the selling right now for the producer i think so yeah you bet okay uh those are good comments um one last thing here uh sure. what about fall of 2024 do you have bids for that yeah. far out and yeah uh, have traded anything there lately yeah, I have done a little bit, uh, not a lot of producer engagement so far, but actually the fall 2024, the bids that I'm getting, like right now for call it December, Jan, Feb, I'm seeing cash lethargy at around 305 per ton. Uh, I've seen bids all the way as low as about $280 a ton from, from actually kind of some of the larger guys that are still using barley. So Okay. I kind of think in the near term we might actually drop under under 300 um which we haven't seen for since you know since probably 2020 right so Oh yeah. So there's a um, theme here cuz that's happening yeah. in a lot of commodities right now. So. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know but on that note I am seeing like September through December bids at around 300 I did okay. trade someone into the low 300s two weeks ago. Uh, so so it's actually almost a push all the way out till till the new crop. And yep. so you can get you can lock in some decent new crop values right now. I suppose if you feel like that's a decent new crop value. Yeah. I, yeah. I tend to think it is uh, based off the corn prices that we're seeing forward. Yeah. So um, so I you know, I have heard of seed sales are down on barley from yep. i talked to quite a few seed growers and and seed sellers as well so keeping an eye on that so maybe expecting a bit of a a bit of a smaller barley crop next year so yeah i'm hearing the same thing definitely um yeah i i like doing a little bit of math uh i've been uh you know knee deep in my um <laughs> foster production and getting everything tweaked here the last couple of weeks and okay um of course we start doing our planning in the summer for the next crop year but uh you know doing a little bit of math at the kitchen table and figuring out margins for next year and working that okay. backwards if barley if those numbers work and are profitable i think you're crazy not to take a you know a, a look at that or a strong look at it so anyway I will. Uh, I'll digress uh, from there. Um, okay. How can uh, how can people get a hold of you, David, if they want more information on sure. your pricing or more information on marketplace commodities? How can they get a hold of you? 
Sure. Yeah, you're more than welcome to uh, to give me a call anytime. My my uh, my, you know, I'm I'm at the office from 8 a.m. till 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Okay. Uh, pretty much every day. Sometimes just till 4:30. Uh, and, uh, you know, so our office number, you just call in and ask for David, uh, that's at the 403-394-1711, or you can always call me on my cell or text me. I'm happy to, to work that way. Whatever's most convenient, uh, 403-795-2954 or, or by email as well. I have a lot of guys that, uh, that just drop an email and I can, I can, you know, send you my, my updated pricing. We don't really post, we, we've tried in the past to post our, our prices online, but just given that we're not like a single elevator, we're trading these prices from all over the province. It, it doesn't work well. So, so mm -hmm. usually to just get a hold of me, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to just give a price that way. That's you. That's usually the best way to do it. So. Perfect. Sounds good. People can uh, definitely rewind the uh, the podcast to get your phone number there as well. The beauty of a podcast, right? Yeah, so that's great. That's right. Um, <laughs> and so we just one, I promise this is just the final comment. Sure. So my father-in-law, uh, he doesn't farm a whole bunch, but he, he farms a little bit. And I, I begged him to sell his feed barley in September, like hands and knees begged him to sell his feed barley. And he listened to his son-in-law. He did. He actually listened to me. And uh, I think I'm going to be invited for Christmas dinner. And I, I'm maybe he'll he'll have a bottle of whiskey for me. I'm not sure uh, this this Christmas, but he's like 50 grand to the good today on, oh, yeah. on his barley, and it's been long gone. So uh, I think uh, I think I'm in the good books. I hope Santa's uh, paying attention to that one. So, uh, but anyways, David, thank you so much for uh, for joining me. Look forward to doing this again on a consistent basis. And hey, maybe uh, next time we get together, there'll be some positive uh, uh, updates uh, for the folks tuning in. So we'll see. But yeah, thanks a bunch, right. man. Appreciate it. You bet. So sounds really great, Ryan. Uh, appreciate it very much. Well, thank you to both uh, Ryan and David for joining uh, episode six. That's just uh, fantastic content uh, uh, to get out there. And I hope uh, that you found that uh, helpful. Uh, they will be regular guests on the show here moving forward. Um, so I guess uh, for wrap up here, um, I, I'm working on a couple of uh, blog posts and website updates. So stay tuned for that. Uh, just trying to get the website uh, snuffed up here a, a little bit and trying to get a, a weekly blog going as well. So uh, something to complement uh, the, the audio here on the podcast. Uh, next episode, episode seven, uh, our... Um, uh, still a little bit unclear on who's joining us, but it sounds like we might be chatting with uh, an ag lender or two. Uh, might talk uh, interest rates on crop input loans, things like that. Uh, so just trying to firm that up here before the end of this week. And um, yeah, if you're looking for some What the Futures merchandise, I've still got some hats, a couple different hoodies, a crew neck, um, a few t-shirts left as well. And of course, our coffee cups and coffee. We have some of those. Uh, so if you're interested in any of that stuff, send me an email. I am uh, going to do free shipping here uh, into the holiday season. And the next time you see me, yeah, the next time you see me, I will be uh, in costume wearing an elf outfit. I am still not sure how I roped myself into this. 
situation. Um, you can't see it right now, but the elf costume is staring at me from the floor here. Um, yeah, so stay tuned. Uh, Ryan the elf coming at you uh, sometime in the next couple days. All right, folks, that's it for Positive Friday. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I'm out. <laughs>